beat up over Persia 206. And she was getting to this car, and I remember thinking, she drove off, I thought, where is the time gone? L look at her. She, she's an adult now. She's making her own choices, and she's so much bigger, and so much... And our, our theme tonight is big things start small. And we have a, I have a little photo, and I suppose I can do this because our other children are here, and Darcy <laughs> isn't here. So Darcy is our middle child, like I said, and there she is. She, she was born, if you can believe it, for those who know the McDonald's, she came six weeks early. So the, 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 the McDonald's are not known for being early, okay? But, but Darcy came six weeks early, and because of that, she was prem, and um, she was only five pounds, 11 ounces. Um, so here's another little picture. Um, and what I thought was really bizarre about that photo is I've got short hair, and I've got short hair now. Normally, I've got a big I'm, beard and I'm scruffy. I actually think that's Flora. I, I, I don't... <laughs> If I remember correctly, Darcy was a little one, and we called her Darcy because she had dark hair, because Darcy means little girl with dark hair. That is Flora. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Mum's no best. Anyway. <laughs> just, just so you can see what she looks like now, here's a big picture. And that definitely is Darcy, isn't it? Yes. Okay. So, dads, don't trust dads to look at the photos. And you can see we're a bit chaotic. We didn't even write on the back of the photos. Anyway, Darcy went off, and I was thinking, like I said, not just about where the time gone, but just how much she'd grown. And I, it made me think back, life had started so small. It started as a little tiny seed, a little blue line on a pregnancy test, a beating heart on a monitor, and a tiny helpless baby in an incubator. But now, she was a young adult, driving on a long journey back to university. And it just made me think, Things that start so small and so fragile, just a small seed can actually grow so big. And in Darcy's case, very messy, if you've ever seen a bedroom, and very loud. She is the loud one in our house. But yes, big things start small. And if we turn to Matthew chapter 13, 31 to 32, uh, this is a, the little parable we're looking at today. And just to remind you, parables are really just an illustration, a way Jesus taught, and he used simple things to actually explain a big point. And it is something simple to help us to understand. So this is the parable of the mustard seed. All right, Matthew 13, 31. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, Yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. So, only a couple of verses. But this parable is found in actually Mark's Gospel and Luke's Gospel. And Jesus, throughout his time when he was teaching, he taught lots of parables, but he actually taught on the kingdom of God lots of times. And he used lots of ways to explain what the kingdom of God was. Um, Jesus described it in many ways, but at the time, I think he was trying to get across the point that the kingdom God was not looking like what they were expecting. At the time, um, Israel, a small Jewish country, was occupied by the Roman Empire. They were under occupation, they were ruled by the Romans, and the Jewish nation believed and were expecting and waiting for a Messiah. They were waiting for a coming king. 
And actually, they were hoping this coming king was going to come and potentially overthrow the Romans. They were expecting a conquering king. They were not expecting Jesus. And Jesus actually came in under the radar. He came from a small background. He was born, and it was lovely to see one of the songs earlier about the cradle in the dirt. He was born in a stable. He was a refugee. He, later, after being born in Bethlehem in the stable, he had to flee as a young child to Egypt. And then when he came back, he grew up in a working household. He became a carpenter. He came from very small beginnings. And the Jewish people at the time were looking for a conquering king. They were looking for this kingdom of God, but they did not recognize it was there in front of them already. And Jesus himself said, in, um, let me, I've got it written down. Jesus himself said in um, Luke, when the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will this kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you, amongst you. So Jesus, I think, when he was telling this parable, he was thinking, these people don't realize I'm already here. They didn't realize God was already at work. And Jesus knew he was the fulfillment of a prophecy. Um, there's a prophecy in Isaiah 53, verse 2, which says, He grew up before them like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. So when Jesus was saying this parable, he was almost asking out aloud, what can I say this kingdom of God is like? What will it look like? Now, Matthew's gospel, chapter 13, has two other parables about the kingdom of God. And it starts off in Matthew 13, that Jesus had left the house and he had gone down and he was sat down by the lakeside. Commentators believe um, around the Sea of Galilee, the mustard plant would have been not quite a common weed, but it would have been growing around everywhere. And you can just imagine Jesus was thinking, how do I explain what this kingdom of God is like? And he's probably thought, yes, this large plant here, but look at the tiny seed. Such a small thing, and it starts in a small way, but it can grow so big, and it can give shelter to the birds. He knew he was that king. He knew the kingdom of God was there, but the people couldn't recognize it. And later on, Jesus knew that he had these 12 disciples. On the Last Supper, he knew he was going to go off and he was going to hang on that cross and die. But he could see that these 12 fishermen, well, not all fishermen, these 12 disciples, fishermen, misfits, he knew that through what he had imparted into them, that actually this faith was going to grow. This faith was going to spread across the world, not just across the Jewish kingdom, but right across the world. And 2,000 years later, today, we recognize that there's over 2 billion people who profess to be of a Christian faith. That is one-third of the world's population. Something which had started so small had grown so large. So Jesus was trying to just to explain that actually what you expect the kingdom to look like might be very different. And I think personally, I reflect in my own life, sometimes I think, what is this kingdom of God like? And actually, I realize it's just about me submitting to what God wants in my life and that I need to bow the knee and allow him to rule in my heart. And sometimes that can start in small ways. I know it's very easy not to go into a shop and rob a, rob a chocolate bar, even though often I would like to do such things. But, <laughs> but, but I realize that's, that's wrong. But actually, as, as an adult now, I, I regularly feel, oh, 
I need to drive slower. And I challenge myself to drive slower, as in driving in the speed limit. And little things like that. The kingdom of God is working in us all the time. And actually, we've got to allow it to grow. And we've got a testimony later on, but we'll wait for that just to show that actually these things start small, but they grow bigger. And something else Rachel would like to explain to us, if you're going to come up. Okay. So it brings us to the question, really, what what has this kingdom of God, what what has this got to do uh, with our story? What has it got to do with me? So this story wasn't the only time that Jesus talked about mustard seed. Elsewhere, he talked about faith being as small as a mustard seed. I'm going to just read you a few scriptures about this. One day, Jesus was talking to his followers about forgiving people. And they said to him, show us how to increase our faith. The Lord answered, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and thrown into the sea, and it would obey you. Another time, he told his group of disciples off. He said, you don't have enough faith. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. You see, an encounter with God always starts with faith. Always starts with faith. Jesus, um, it it said in, in the Bible, I think it's Hebrews, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Paul said, we are not set right with God by rule-keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. And even this faith that we think we have, even this small faith, is given as a gift to us. It says in Ephesians, this is God's gift to you. You were saved by faith in God. This is God's gift to you, and not anything that you have done on your own. Hebrews says to us, Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So we're going to look at three little stories. We're going to look at two stories from the Bible and we're going to look at a real life story of someone who has had a mustard seed of faith. So we're going to look at a story, first of all, of the father of a boy in Mark, of a boy who was demonized and had convulsions. So... Here's the passage. It's from Mark 9, 21 to 24. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So this was a person that had faith, had a small amount of faith, but he also had a lot of doubts. And I think a lot of us will really um, empathize with that and, and resonate with that. How many times do we believe God for something, but then it's like, oh, do I really believe? And we struggle with this faith and this, with, and this doubt. A man called Paul Tillich said that doubt is not the opposite of faith, but it's an element of faith. So tonight, if you're someone who doesn't feel like you've got a lot of faith and you have a lot of doubts, be encouraged. It is part of our journey of faith. 
And I think many of us come to God like that man. Help me, help me, help me have, help me with my unbelief, help me have more faith. And we see that this boy was healed. There's another lovely story in the Bible, and I'm going to read it to you. It's from Mark 5, um, and it's about a woman who had a bleeding problem for many, many years and was healed by Jesus. Let me just read it out. It's from Mark 5. Um, a large crowd followed him, so followed Jesus, and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? The people crowding around him said, and his disciples answered, And yet you ask, Who touched me? People were crowding all around. And Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Many preachers call faith, R-I-S-K, risk. That faith is a little bit of a risk. And this woman took a real risk to go and touch Jesus. In the day, um, she was considered unclean because of this physical problem. She wouldn't have been allowed to go to the temple. She wouldn't have been able to touch anybody. She wouldn't have been able to be in community. It was almost like being a leprous. They were outcasts. She wouldn't have been able to live a normal life. This woman had a physical problem, and I probably think she probably had a, a, a mental health problem as well. Can you imagine living outside of community for all those years. She probably was very lonely, maybe very depressed. But she heard that Jesus was passing by and she was determined. It was risky because she shouldn't have touched anybody. It was a real risk. She could have been told off, cast aside, told to go. But she took a risk of faith. She was terrified. I'm sure she was very afraid. But it was her last chance. She was like, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to go for it. And she just, she wasn't brave enough to go talk to him and have a conversation or anything like that. It was a small bit of faith that just said, if I touch, if I touch his robe, I'm going to be healed. And it's really interesting that immediately, even though they were in a crowd and Jesus would have been jostled about, people would have been trying to get to him, his disciples would have been there, important people would have been there. But immediately he knew that power had gone out of him. It's really funny, isn't it? Faith is that thing that pleases God. God's power seems to be attracted to faith, however small. It's just like a magnet. It's like, you know when you see a magnet and, and it gets it's like that, and suddenly it's gone. And I imagine it was a little bit like that for Jesus. He's attracted to faith, however small. And she had her breakthrough because she took a risk of faith. So it's okay to have doubts. It's okay um, to have a small bit of faith. And it's okay to take a risk 
of faith. And we're now going to listen to a real-life story of faith. We're going to ask Natasha. Uh, Natasha is married to Jordan, and they lead a, a lovely group, 20s and 30s, on a Tuesday night. Um, Paul, could you just help Hamish bring a couple of chairs up for them? We're just going to have a chat to um, Natasha, because her story is very much a very small seed of faith that has grown. This kingdom grows. Um, so I'll let Hamish... Carry on for a moment. I said we should have stayed standing up so I didn't have to make move furniture around. Well, Rachel's introduced Tasha. She's our wonderful um, leader with Jordan for the 20s and 30s. But Tasha, tell us a little bit about your story. Were you brought up in a Christian home? What's your background? Sure. Um, so I wasn't brought up in a Christian background, uh, neither my mum or my dad or any of my grandparents were actually Christians, and so I, when I was young, I wasn't exposed to church or didn't know, I didn't know who Jesus was. I went to a Roman Catholic school and so was introduced to Jesus when I was about 11, but it wasn't, um... A part of my life it was just a part of school and it was a real turning point for me was when I was 16 one of my friends from school invited me to church and that is the mustard seed so you had a friend who invited you along to church what happened next so I had a friend that invited me to church and I came and I was thinking um what, what is going on and she just kept inviting me and inviting me so I really encourage you you know if you have friends that you really wanted to invite it's so transformational that was an absolute tiny moment in my life that has just completely um, grown and grown and it was from that moment um, and I got invited to a friend's baptism where I began to really really learn more about who Jesus was it was just these little tiny steps so it was just small things that enabled me to just grow and grow. And it was, um, it can happen because I didn't come from a Christian background. It can be, any one of us can um, be invited to church and it's so powerful just inviting somebody. So can you think of a time when you, you made a decision that you wanted to be all in for Jesus? Yeah, definitely. I did an alpha course and we have one coming up on the 28th of September. So I really, really encourage you to do it. I did an alpha course here at Plymouth Christian Center and my, I think my faith was um, small then, and I learned more about who Jesus was, and you learn um, about what, what prayer is and how to worship, um, why Jesus died, why it's important for us, and I had all of this kind of really amazing knowledge. It was just growing and growing, and then I, almost like the story that Rachel just shared, I had just a, I'll just go for it, like, I had the faith and I just totally reached out and the Holy Spirit completely um, consumed me on, um, in the most amazing way on an Alpha Holy Spirit day and that was totally transformational for me. But that um, was just the seed being grown and grown and grown in me that it just started so small and it, um, Alpha was a really big moment of that. So when was that and what's happened since? That was two thousand and. Oh, 
<laughs> can't remember. And since then, I have um, just really um, wanted to commit my life to Jesus. And it's been totally transformational from where I was before when things were all totally about me and totally inward looking. I realized through completely... Um, the moment you understand and, and it really convicts you, the Holy Spirit really convicts you about what Jesus did for us that, and that I was, I was a, a sinner and I need saving, that was totally um, transformational for me. And the way that I have um, just wanted to root myself, like get my, my roots into Jesus and the Bible and learn more about what he's done and how that can... Um, totally slowly transformed my life and it has been just a real journey since then and um it's as long as you keep your your roots grounded and i it's amazing that you guys are here tonight um as students i would just totally encourage you to kind of get to um in a community and and come alongside each other encourage each other to um get into the, the word and pray together because it's that's totally how it happened for me. Just coming alongside other people, other Christians, reading how the Bible can transform your life and what Jesus can do for you to um, bring you to the kingdom. It's an amazing, amazing journey I've been on and it totally started small. So it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Natasha. That was lovely. And it's lovely to hear such enthusiasm. And like you said, you're still recognizing it's still growing. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. great isn't it great story Jesus said the kingdom is among you and the kingdom is among you the kingdom is among us and it starts small and it grows and it flourishes and it and it spreads and it brings shade for the birds it helps other people it's amazing how this kingdom of God grows but it starts with a really tiny mustard seed of faith and You've all got, well, actually not all of you, under, at the end of your seats, is like a cup with loads of seeds. If you can pop them along, I would love you all to hold. This is actually a black mustard seed. There's a cup kind of up the end of the row. I think it's on, on my right side, your left. Uh, so if you sort of share them out, and everyone, just to hold a mustard seed in your hand for a moment. Really tiny. <laughs> this great excitement I hope you're all going to plant them when you get home <laughs> gardening lesson huh see yeah see how big it grows okay hopefully you've all got one and I want you just to hold it in your hand we're going to go into a time of ministry in a minute um, we're going to just we're just going to ask what God would want to do. We've been singing songs about waiting on God. And sometimes it's, um, it's hard to wait, isn't it? And sometimes things grow surprisingly slowly. But the kingdom of God is growing. And whether you have faith and doubt, whether you feel ready to take a risk of faith tonight, whether 
wherever you may be on that scale, I just want to ask you some things to think about. What do you need the seed of faith for? What do you need a seed of faith for? We can ask God for more faith. We can ask God for faith. So it may seem very small and insignificant, this little seed of faith, but I want to think, for you it might be, have you ever put your, your trust in Jesus? Have you, have you ever asked him, maybe to ask, ask him for a physical healing or, or perhaps a mental health healing? It might be that you need to be able to believe that God really could and would forgive you. Maybe you need to, to, to know that tonight. Maybe some of you need to really have a seed of faith that, that God could use you to minister to people. Maybe it might be just a seed of faith for some of you uni students to perhaps not be so anxious and know that God is going to use you and plant you in, in the right place on your course with the right friends. Whatever it might be, you might even be wavering in your faith tonight and questioning all of it. But I want you to just ask the Lord now, what do I need this seed of faith for? And I want you to ask him to come and to grow this seed of faith. There's a beautiful verse in Zechariah, and it says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. So some of you, even a risk of faith tonight might be just signing up for Alpha. If you've got doubts and questions, that could be a great small place to start. So we're going to pray, and I, I just want to um, ask you to stand, and, and we're going to hold this in our hand. When I was praying for the service, and Andy, if the band can come up and just lead us, we're going to ask our prayer team, or anyone that feels confident to pray with people, we have got a great prayer team, and we're just going to we're just going to spend some moments asking the Lord about this seed of faith. But when I was praying for this um, service, I felt the Lord sort of show me a picture of a plant pot with the soil and everything. And the word disappointment came to mind, that some people have had uh, promises or dreams or had a seed of faith that they really believed and planted and it didn't seem to come to pass. And I believe that God might be saying, don't, don't give up. There's a seed of faith. And when we were looking at pictures of our, our children, when you are first pregnant, there's no visible signs of anything growing whatsoever, apart from feeling dreadfully sick. But other than that, there is no signs of anything growing. It's hidden and I remember when our children were born, particularly the first one, and it's amazement. You, I looked at Seth, I looked at his little face and his little pointy nose and thought, my goodness, how was he in there? This new, this thing that had grown, but God knew it all the time. What was unseen to me was seen by God. And some of you have planted things and you think God's not seen it. 
And God wants to revive that faith again in you to say he is working in the dark places, in the unseen places. You can't see anything growing, but there is a seed planted in here. And this is how the kingdom of God works. It works small. It's an act of faith, even when we don't see it, even when we're waiting. This kingdom is growing. This seed of faith is growing. And we just sometimes need to hang on (laughs) say, God, increase my faith. So we're just going to open up, really, for ministry. And anybody wants prayer for anything at all, maybe you need a renewed seed of faith, a seed of faith, perhaps for a family member, perhaps for something you've prayed for for years, whatever it might be. We're going to sing this beautiful song, and he's going to lead us. So, um, yes, please, if the prayer team can just be at the sides.